From RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, welcome to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again, wherever it may be that you are joining us, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, anywhere it is, we thank you so much for joining us. Remind you to please uh, press that subscribe button. You don't miss any future episodes, and uh, show us some love, if you would, if you like the show. Give us some stars there on iTunes, a positive review or two would be greatly appreciated on whatever platform it is you are listening to the show on. On today's show, we got a new story from uh, our friend who's uh, written in a few times now, uh, and called in. Cisco has a uh, a call story for us. We'll uh, talk to her in just a little bit. Also, we got uh, a ton of ghost story letters that you guys have written in, so thank you so much for that. And by the way, if you have a real ghost story you'd like to share with us, we invite you to do it. You can go to our website at realghoststoriesonline.com, click on the Tell Us Your Ghost Story button, or call us toll-free 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call. Got a uh, response to something we were talking about. We talk about this very frequently on the show. The uh, the sleep paralysis. And one of our listeners wrote in on uh, YouTube. Uh, Nina said, I suffered with sleep paralysis throughout my early 20s. Never saw that old hag that people claim to see when experiencing it. Thank goodness. But I did once hallucinate to see a large tarantula crawling up my bedroom wall. Thankfully, this only happened once. The rest of the time, it was just the experience of not being able to move, shout, or make a sound, but being aware of everything going on around me. It's terrifying if you don't know what's happening. Thankfully, this disappeared around the time I was 26, but I did get to a stage where I knew what was happening right before I did. I don't know, as I would say, it's it's, it's paranormal as such, but you have to wonder why people see such... Uh, so many of the same things. We'll be interested to see what uh, psychologists and parapsychologists would say about that. We've been saying that for a while. We have. I think hallucinating to see a giant tarantula would creep me out. we got to find a parapsychologist to, like, talk to. We do. kind of have, like, a resident parapsychologist. Because we have all these questions, and it's like, we should ask a parapsychologist that sometime. I will see if I can find one for us. And if anyone knows of one... Uh, a good a good one? Yes. Maybe we can get some suggestions Definitely. from the community out there. If anyone has a good parapsychologist for us to have on here as a guest, or maybe you are one that listens to our show, uh, please write into us. Uh, our uh, email, or my email, is Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com, or you can always just go to the website, click on the Tell Us Your Ghost Story button. Let us know. Uh, another interesting little uh, piece of uh, information to cover here before we get into the ghost stories today. Someone, actually a couple people, uh, think they heard an EVP when we were doing our show the other day on the audio. Okay, which show? This would be the one where it was the uh, the hot tub ghost story okay. uh, with the, the hope demon that was walking around in the snow. And I have the audio point at which they're saying they're hearing the EVP. And... Uh, I'll play it for you. You purposely don't prepare me for this on, <laughs> on just to be mean, right? <laughs> Here's the audio from the other day, uh, and I'll tell you when to be. I'll just I'll play it like right where they think it, it's between me saying something. There'll be me saying. Uh, let's, 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 let's. At any point, actually seeing him. Okay, so I say seeing him, and then listen, and then I start saying something else. But it's between. Me saying seeing him, and the next thing I say, and there's a couple seconds of, of silence there, so here we go. At any point, actually seeing him. Like, is there any, you know, when you think back to, you know, just... Now, I'll turn that up for you so you can hear it a little bit better. And I'll crank the volume on that, so... Here. Seeing him. Like, is there any, you know, when you think back to... Now, I'll tell you what it is. Okay, what it's are, not it's wh- not a EVP. What are we talking about? It's it's this piece right here, V. What? Okay. All right. What is that? It is me getting ready because I'm I'm kind of gathering thoughts here. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing him. And then I'm sitting close to the mic. Like, is there any- And I'm kind of talking in the back of my throat almost where I'm like, uh... Okay, but what were we talking about at that point? Uh, at any point, actually, I don't know. Or is that, is, Could have been. I mean, here. 
Yeah. You were... We were I talking about my imaginary friend. And he and I had make-believe weddings all the time. Oh, it's talking about your imaginary friend. Yeah. 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 You're right. I know it was me. It's, it's me. It's how I talk. And it was a point where I was gathering up my next thought and I was getting... I was a little bit of ways away from the mic. I was like... Uh, and then I, I began what I was saying. I'm sorry to disappoint everyone. I I applaud the keen observation that our listeners are giving our show uh, in between what we're saying um, as far as picking up such small nuances because I don't pick them up. Okay, did anybody say what they thought it sounded like? I know what I thought it sounded like. What did you think it sounded it's, like? I thought it sounded like it said Olivia. Like... Do you hear that? Yeah, I guess I hear that. Of course it's me. It- it's me. I know it's me. <laughs> That's me. Like, is there... Because let's listen, listen to the tone of my voice when I begin my next word. Like... Uh, like... I'm going... Uh, like... It's just me being away from the microphone, getting closer to the microphone. Do EVPs look different on... On your your screen that shows the the voice, does it look different, or do you know? Well, I mean, it it, it should for the most part come across as audio, um, fairly muffled audio. Um, and if because what I'm doing here is I'm I'm slowly enhancing the audio to be larger and larger over on this screen, and then I play it back so it becomes louder over here. That's creepy. Like, it's, it's creepy as hell, but it's just that I, is creepy. It's just the back of my throat. That's all it is. There's no EVP. How do you know that? Because I know how I talk. Well, I know how you talk, but you and don't I, have a history of doing that. I bet if we went through everything I've said on this show, we would find many more EVPs. Okay, well. Of me talking far away from the microphone and slowly. Uh, I do this a lot. Just that's it. This is what it is. It's, well, then uh, don't do that. That's creepy. <laughs> Just stop that. <laughs> so there you go. Keen observation, though. Um, I've always wondered that. I always wondered if at some point we would get like some sort of EVP picked up on the show just because of what we're talking about. And EVPs make themselves known through audio. So, hey, keep listening for more EVPs because there will probably be one at some point that's not me talking incoherently off mic. Okay, let's let's move on. (laughs) I'm, I'm totally creeped out. There's nothing to be creeped out about. I know, but the, but it sounds so much like what you hear. On, you're, you're right. It kind of does. It does. It, it, it kind of does, but I know it's not. I know exactly what it is. Because uh, I got that last night, and I came in here to listen to it, and I was kind of excited at first. Yeah, and that's why you didn't say anything. I kept. I heard you kept playing that part of the show over and over. I was like, what is he doing? Yeah, and uh, I'm like, no, I know exactly. That's just me. It's not. But hey, again, thank you. I it was a very good uh very good catch. Yeah, it so. sounds just like a ghost saying our daughter's name. Thank you. <laughs> Keep listening. Uh okay, let's go to a letter. <laughs> Do you want a letter or you want to go to listen to Cisco story? I kinda wanna hear Cisco. Let's go to Cisco. Uh, and by the way, if you have a real ghost story to call into us, eight five five eight five three forty eight oh two, eight five five eight five three forty eight oh two is the phone number to call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All right, let's go over to Cisco. Hello, Tony and Jenny. This is Cisco. And I wanted to tell you guys that Jenny, you were 100% correct in your assumption that I was not talking about you guys when I last called. You guys are doing a wonderful job, and you're also providing a venue for people to talk about their experiences. And that is a wonderful thing. Um, As a child who saw a lot of things, it is very important for people to know that they are not alone in these experiences. And that's one reason that I got into doing what I do, because it's very, it's it's horrifying for a kid to not be believed. Um, I thought I would tell you about one of my earlier experiences. It was circa 1965. I was the youngest at around three to four years old um, of seven siblings. And the the next one in line was 16. 
So I was very young at the time, and all of them were older than that, and everybody was still living at home in a farmhouse. Now, apparently, I had been put in for a nap during the day, and I guess somebody had put me down to sleep on my parents' bed. And I remember being in the center of the bed and something waking me up. I sat up, I looked, and my parents had had these double shutter doors. Everything seems so big when you're little, and they just seem like they took up the whole wall. But even in the daylight, I could see a light that was coming from kind of under the doors that moved up and started pushing through the shutters. So the light is like peeling through the shutters, and it kept growing, like it was coming out and up at the same time. The light got brighter and brighter as it approached me, and I'm sitting up looking at this right in front of me. Um, I don't know where the other people in the house were, but I just remember looking at this, and it's just getting bigger and brighter, and it's coming towards me, and it's pushing out through the shutters. And it's really odd because I can remember later on in life seeing that in a movie, and it just took me right back. Well, in the center of this really bright light, there started to be an image, and the image grew as the light grew, and it came towards me at, out of these shutters. And as this image grew, it turned into a face and then basically a head with no body. And it kept just, it was all very fast. And it just came at me so quickly. And the face that got more image to it, you could see that it had a ponytail. No neck, but you could see the ponytail almost flying behind it. And had this red ribbon. Uh, I'll never forget. As I was looking at that, I could tell at the same time it opened its eyes. And where the eyes would be, this was angry red light. And I've heard that in multiple other uh, ghost stories and, and, you know, reoccurrences of people telling stories or seeing it. Um, I've since learned that it's just, it, it's an anger energy. And it opened its mouth to scream and no sound came. I heard nothing. I don't remember hearing anything. It just whooshed at me. And I saw this, and I remember the, the ribbon matching the eyes. That's all I remembered. And I, as it whooshed towards me, I remember falling backwards, and I was screaming. I could hear myself screaming. And then my sister and my mother ran into the room, and that's all I remember. Now, the odd thing about this is, with all the siblings in my house, uh, one, one brother and the rest sisters, my father was a World War II veteran, and he was suffering from what they called at that time shell shock, and he had a bit, he, he drank a little bit, and um, when he came home, I can remember different talks about certain things happening in the house, things being missing or whatever, but with that many people, it's hard to place. But of course, I was very young. I remember my mom speaking of it later, and my, you didn't talk about these things around my dad. So what happened was, um, not long after that, my mom and dad managed splitting up, and the family, being older, all went in different directions. Everybody went on with their lives, and we moved to a different state, my mother and I. So we never really got together for several years for a family reunion, actually many years, excuse me, for a family reunion, and I remember sitting there, and I was much older, and somebody sat this is the first time we all got together, almost 20 years later. And we're all sitting there, and somebody says, does anybody remember the ghost? Two of my sisters got up and walked out of the room. They weren't having it. They, it bothered them so much they wouldn't talk about it. And everybody started to reaccount the fact that you couldn't speak about it in the house. My dad would get very upset and shut everybody up. And everybody started talking about their accounts that they'd had in this farmhouse. This farmhouse was probably well over 150 years old when we lived in it. It was a farmhouse in New Jersey. And everybody saw the same ghost. But being the fact that they weren't talking a lot about it or spoke to each, you know, maybe one sister spoke to another about it, but they kept it quiet. Everybody started matching up stories. And I was shocked to hear that they, everybody was seeing the same guy. 
Now, there's a second part to this. I know there's not going to be time on this, but there's a second part to this where my sister saw a ghost or something in her room. She had, she was the oldest one, and we, we talked about it at the reunion. She was the oldest one, and she would she was screaming. I remember everybody waking up when we were back there, and she's screaming, there's a man in my room, there's a man in my room. She's got the door locked. And she had worked on a report for high school. And you'd type it on those old typewriters. They used to pass it around, you know, like the old push-button ones. And everybody worked real hard and took good care of their homework because it was so hard to do back then. And she had it all on top of her dresser, and she had a jar of Noxzema sitting next to her because all my sisters used that before they went to sleep. It was a big deal. My sister's in her room. She was the only one in the farmhouse who had... Um, her own room. She was the oldest girl. She always locked her door, and it was these big, heavy farmhouse doors. Uh, it was a, the farmhouse was about 150 years old, and this was again in 1965-ish. Um, everybody heard her scream. There's a man in the room. There's a man in my room. And everybody got up and scrambled. We were unfortunately very used to my dad. Um, getting, you know, he would have these problems from being a World War II veteran and he would have these memories and they would cause him to go off, especially when he drank and it was always seemed to be some kind of unfortunate ruckus going on. Um, so this was something that happened, unfortunately, quite a bit. So I remember there was a lot of scrambling going on and everybody running down the stairs and people just, you know, all my, you know, talking about nine people in a hallway at one time just bumping into each other and trying to figure out what's going on. My sister's screaming. My brother and my father are banging on the door telling her to unlock the door, and she's just screaming. And like I said, these are big, heavy doors. Finally, she got up, and she opened it. She, I, I saw her jump back on the bed, like pull the covers up over her, and everybody just rushed in. I was held back. I was with my... Um, another sister and all the talking that was going on now she had excuse me done her homework and put it up on this high dresser one of those dressers that had like six drawers and it was a little high with a mirror above it she had her homework there with a jar of Noxema when she put me to bed and it seemed at the time when everybody just got done running around they opened the door and I see that Noxema was spread all over it's a heavy white cream if you don't know what that is face cream it's spread all over the mirror with great big handprint and all her homework is tore up now my father is yelling and screaming and he's saying that there's you know what's going on here what'd you do Did, you know there's lots of different screaming and yelling my brother goes to the window to look and the window is shut now there had been snow that night it was in the winter time in Jackson New Jersey and it was very cold and they took a flashlight and they went outside and they looked and there's no footprints in the snow it was on the second or I would say probably the second floor and maybe the third I honestly can't remember because there was a little part that was up high and it may have been that one but either way no footprints in the snow nobody could have got up the window was shut and there's all this stuff and the handprint on the mirror was bigger than hers now, later on, when we had had the family reunion, another uh, sister had started telling the story because my sister had confided in her and spoke about what the man looked like. And yes, he was a Revolutionary War type uniform with a ponytail with a red ribbon in his, in his ponytail. And that shocked me. That just brought me back when I heard that because that's what I had seen at three years old in the shutters, the first part of the story, the head that I'd seen. And it got confirmed almost 20 years later, and we all started spilling our stories about what had happened, all the things that had been missing in the house. And somebody said, did you ever hear about what Dad found in the pantry? My mother had wanted a pantry built in the kitchen, off the kitchen, and when he knocked down the wall to make the pantry bigger, he found a hidden staircase that went up 
and ended at the back of my sister's closet door. He said there were things found in there. He took them out and threw them away right away. And my mom had said there was letters and a red ribbon that was tied around the letters. So who knows? You can add what you want there. But that was my first experience and what had me embark on to an investigation of my own throughout my life that sparked an interest in finding out about the paranormal and what happens when you die. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people when they have experiences when they're little. They just keep on looking for answers. What happened? Why did I go through that? What's happening in this world? What happens when you die? What happens afterwards? And that's the whole idea. And that's why what you guys do, um, Jenny and Tony, is important to let people talk about what they experienced so they can hear, other people can hear, they can hear what other people have went through. And it's important because to know that you're not alone and you weren't crazy or as crazy as you might think you are. And that's very important. And thank you for what you do. Y'all have a blessed evening. Good night. Thank you uh, for the call, Cisco. I was just doing a little research, and there is all kinds of paranormal in Jackson, New Jersey. Yeah? Yeah, all kinds. It's probably one of those hotbeds of the country, though, where, you know, a lot of stuff... There's so much history, because it's such an old part of the country, right? A lot of it it, that I'm seeing just in this little bit of research Mm -hmm. since she's called... Um, does have to do with the Revolutionary War. Sure. So that must have been a very important site. Battlegrounds. Mm-hmm. and Yeah. Very, uh, very interesting. And of course, uh, if you have a real ghost story that you would like to share with us, we would love for you to do it. The phone number is 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. You can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you got about uh, eight minutes or so in there to, uh, to leave your story. So please give us a buzz on that and share your story. We would absolutely love to hear it. Or if you want to write it into us, you can do that too. Just go to our website, click on the Tell Us Your Ghost Story button, and uh, type out that story and we'll read it on a future episode here at Real Ghost Stories Online. You can remain anonymous if you like, but we just want to get that story off your chest. Uh, we are the folks to tell it to because we will listen and we will believe you. Just like the Ghostbusters, we're ready to believe you. We are. Yeah, I mean, and we are. <laughs> and we'll, we'll discuss it and talk about what, uh, you know, what our thoughts are and, and you know, just feel free. We'd love to uh, to hear your ghost story. That's what we're all about here on the show at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to a letter that comes into us. This comes to us from uh, Mike. Mike writes in, Hi there. I recently had a sleep paralysis for the first time and witnessed some kind of ominous dark shadow figure at the end of my bed. It just stood there watching me. And even though it was hard to make out exactly what it was, I could feel a sense with all of my being that it had nothing but evil intentions. It was the most terrifying experience of my life. All I wanted to do was get up and scream to get away from it, but I couldn't say a word, and I had no control over my muscles. My breathing was very shallow and tight. I was completely paralyzed. I wasn't sure if I was dreaming or not. It seemed so real, but I was very confused and startled. I'm a rationalist and a very skeptical person with no previous interest in paranormal activity, but after doing some research, it seemed like there was a possibility that this is a real entity. So many other people from all over the world report seeing the same thing and and have had very similar experiences. So I decided to set up my video camera and leave it running while I slept. I really didn't expect to find anything. It was more for peace of mind, as I was still very shaken up by the experience and was finding it difficult to get sleep with the fear of having this experience again. After scanning through the footage, it seemed like there was nothing out of the ordinary, but I decided to have a look at the audio signal. I noticed a little raise in the audio graph a few hours into the filming, so I looked at that part of the video. My heart stopped when I observed what seemed to be some kind of a ghost or entity evaporate above my bed. I've watched the footage over and over trying to figure out some logical explanation for what could have caused the image of what seems to be a ghost, but I haven't been able to come up with a solution. I'm really starting to believe that I captured the entity I saw during my paralysis on video. This terrifies me so much that I can no longer sleep in my room. I've slept in my friend's room since it has happened 
and sleeping alone is just too scary for me to deal with right now. Here's a video. You're welcome to use it if you'd like. I'd be interested uh, in your take on it as well. You want to watch? Nope. Go for it. You want to watch? You go for it all on your own. Yep. All right. Let's watch. uh, Of course, we're going to get a little advertisement here on YouTube. And we will skip. And okay. We'll get into his video here. So I'm seeing pretty much just a, uh, looks like a, you know, apartment or a dorm or something, a single bed. Uh, which you need to make your bed more often there. I'm sorry. Uh, waiting and watching. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. I'll rewind that. Yeah, that's interesting. It, it does appear that there's like some sort of a uh, weird shadowy figure that comes right off the bed. Want to watch? No. There's things you can't unsee, and that's one of them. I'm not going to watch that. I'm sorry. No offense to you, but I know how I I know how my mind works, and that's not a good thing for me to watch. There's like, and it's on YouTube here. There's a lot of views on this. There's a lot of people debunking, saying it's not true. It, you can tell how it's faded out. Here's the deal with ghost videos. You've got to take them for what they're worth. Um, so I'll take it for what it's worth. If this is a real deal and he's... He captured this. It's pretty damn creepy. Um, I, too, could tell you 20 ways to make this with uh, Adobe uh, Premiere Pro or After Effects or really any editing software. But, you know, you could do that if if you really wanted to. Um, Or if you really captured something, you really captured something. Well, if he's had that experience, well, you know, why make a video of it? Well, the, the thing is... I mean, it, it, people will say, oh, it's for attention. But And there, I mean, there is people that do things for attention. We're not denying that at all. But um, the thing is, when you're, you're, you could debunk any ghost video these days mm-hmm. by saying, oh, it was created in X program. Sure. But it could also be a completely legitimate ghost as well. Right. Um, you can create virtually anything with the editing studio. I mean, in, in your own home now with the software that exists. But... Um, that doesn't mean that some videos that are out there are not completely legitimate. Right. So, thank you for the story. Thank you for the video. It does look pretty creepy. And if what you say is real, that's pretty damn creepy and, and very interesting with uh, with what you're saying with the sleep paralysis of what you were having. And that's something that, you know, we it's, it's interesting because is it always just the sleep paralysis in your mind or is there something else going on there? That's... An interesting question. I think there's something else going on. I think it's far too coincidental for so many people to hallucinate the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it almost, you almost really do have to kind of lean that way. And I believe that his video is real, even though I'm not going to watch it, because what would he stand to gain from making a video of the experience? I don't know. I mean, he's not See, really promoting anything. He's not like, no. oh, and by the way, I sell Amway, you know. Right. You know. <laughs> See, here's the thing. If I had gone through something like that, I think I'd want to get to the bottom of it and would probably do something like that, too. Sure. Let other people know and get their opinion. And you will always have people who are going to say, BS, but uh, you just got to deal with it. And then they'll, they'll have your believers and your non-believers. Just, you know. One of these days, those people that don't believe we're going to have something happen, and then they're sure shit going to believe. Well, that's half of the call or the stories and calls we get where it's like, I didn't believe anything until Satan was in my window. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) One night I was sleeping, and there was on the second floor, and it felt like someone was hanging outside of my window. Sure as shit there was. (laughs) (laughs) And they were a vampire. I lived in Salem, and a lot. I hate that movie. (laughs) You know, I'm not a huge fan of the movie because I thought it was kind of hokey. Um, especially the Rob Lowe one that came out later. Um, but I do love that scene with the floating vampire children Scratching out the on window. the window. That to me is just a creepy as hell. It's classic. Vampires don't scare me. But that idea of second floor vampires floating by your window, children vampires floating by your window, is just creepy as hell. <laughs> so. uh, ghost stories, if you have one, 855-853-4802. That's the number. Lainey writes in, Hi, Tony and Jen. It's Lainey again, and I've decided to share two more stories. They both take place in the house I currently live in, and both have happened in the last couple of years. Let me start off by saying I am completely terrified of basements. It's just something I've always been scared of. It uh, comes from the story I told you last time, the dark man in the basement. 
Uh, anyways, this first story happened when I was around 14, and I said uh, before I'm 17 now, my younger brother had somehow uh, talked me into watching a movie in the basement, and I agreed. We left the lights on while we watched the movie because that's the only way I would be down there. After the movie finished, my brother told me he needed to go upstairs and would be right back. I quietly waited uh, on my late grandfather's rocking chair, and I kept the TV on to try to keep me occupied. I was already nervous after about 10 minutes and my brother wasn't back downstairs yet. I thought I heard him coming down the stairs, so I felt much better and relieved. After a few moments, nothing happened. I found it odd, but figured my brother was just trying to scare me because he knows how much I hate basements. Suddenly, I felt the chair I was sitting on being pushed and it started rocking. So I said out loud, ha ha, very funny. But there was no response. I sat there for a second, waiting to see if my brother would bust out laughing, but there was nothing. I quickly turned to look behind the chair, and no one was there. I was the only one in the basement. Needless to say, I booked it so fast up the stairs. I found my brother sitting in the kitchen eating a sandwich. Apparently, he forgot I was down there. I also hate stairways because I always feel crowded as if someone or many people are standing right behind me. I'd like to think it's just me being a big chicken, but I always felt like that. My second story happened when I was 15 and working on getting my license. It was June, and I had just returned home from my driver's ed class. I was watching my brother while my mom and dad were working. We were both sitting in my room on my bed, playing on my computers and listening to music. Suddenly, I felt this burning on my left thigh, but didn't pay much attention to it for a while. Soon after, my brother spoke up. Oh, did you cut yourself? I asked him what he was talking about and pointed to my left side. I had three large scratches on my thigh, and I know I didn't do anything to get those scratches. I'd been sitting down all day. I was sitting in my bed when I got home. I was sitting in a chair when I was at driver's ed. And at this point, it was unnaturally burning. I'm not really religious, but my family is, so I have a rosary blessed by the last pope in my room. I grabbed it from off my wall and made my brother hold it with me while we said the Lord's Prayer. Almost instantly, instantly my legs stopped burning, and about 10 minutes later, the scratches were completely gone. Not sure what to think about that. My house isn't old either. It's about 15 years old. We were the only the second family to own the house. There are strange noises sometimes, but I just choose to ignore them. Anyways, thanks for reading. I've got so many more stories if you'd like to hear them. You know, if the house isn't old, it makes me wonder if it was built on something or if something's just attached itself to her. Well, it's interesting when she's saying that she feels these, you know, kind of claustrophobic feelings going upstairs and mm-hmm. has weird feelings about being in certain parts of homes. And uh, I'm going to be honest, I think it sounds like something's attached itself to her. Um, and it's not necessarily the house. It's the, per- you know, sometimes the people that are haunted and there may be something there, especially with the scratches and, and whatnot. Uh, there may be something going on around her. What's interesting is you hear a lot of stories um, of hauntings with with teenagers, you know. Sure. And there is something to that, and I'm not one to speak on it in any sort of eloquent manner uh, or with uh, any sort of education, but I know there is something to that with uh, essentially like hitting puberty and going through all the changes that you go through in life and the energy that it's being expelled from you. That, that apparently is a big um, I guess draw. Well, it's an for, extremely emotional yeah, time, yeah. and it's a big draw for paranormal activity, mm-hmm. and that's why there's actually a lot of uh, poltergeist activity that goes on around teenagers, um, and families will report it around their homes when they have teenagers, and then as soon as the kids get past it, it's done. Hmm. So, kind of interesting. It is very interesting. Have you heard of that before? No, but it it makes sense as you were saying it because I can think about just from my own personal experience that I didn't have like a spike in paranormal or anything, but I just remember how emotional and how I think, you know, that was probably the onset of some depression in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I could see that definitely making you a target for paranormal. Sure, sure. Phone number to call is 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802, 24 hours a day, seven days a week with your Real Ghost Story. Or it's go to our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Click on the Tell Us Your Ghost Story button. And please remember, and we thank you in advance for sharing the show and letting some friends know about it on Facebook, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, YouTube, Pinterest, 
MySpace, Friendster. What else exists? Instagram. Instagram. Posting it on bathroom walls. There's a new one out there that's like Facebook called Happier for people that don't like Facebook. Really? Yeah. Wow. I wonder how long that'll last. (laughs) I don't know. I like the bathroom wall. I like just getting a key and writing realghoststoriesonline.com on it. That'd be a great place. Just start putting that out there. Everywhere you go. Just deface things. Deface things with our website. Because nobody will ever figure out who did that. No, they won't. Well, they'll come and blame us. Hey. They'll be like, why is people doing Are you asking people to do this? No. No, we wouldn't do that sort of a thing. Okay, don't do that. It's not the right thing to do. (laughs) Especially like a really nice restaurant, you know, really, really nice. Yeah. Get out the old pocket knife. Uh, Stacy writes into us, and no, I'm not actually encouraging people to deface things, okay? So don't write me a letter about it. Stacy writes in, uh, Hi, I'm 25 now and I've always been a believer. And in years, uh, in later years, I found out that the majority of my family is as well. Uh, here are a couple of experiences. My first encounter was when I was probably around five or six. I was at my aunt's house and ran downstairs to retrieve something. When I rounded the corner at the bottom of the stairs, I saw a female face in the crack of the slightly open door to the cold room. I started for a few seconds before I turned and ran back upstairs. She scared me, but I didn't tell anyone for years what I saw until my aunt brought the subject up and shared that there's a male presence in their house sometimes. So I told her that she also had a female in the basement and that I called her the witch. To this day, I pretty much run up the stairs away from the witch in the basement. Another time at my own farm when I was in my early teens, I was setting up sheep, a sheep fence in the field next to the pen that already held the sheep. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw something small and white moving around, and I assumed it was a sheep grazing. It went about my business without even bothering to look up. All of a sudden, I could see it coming at me fast. My reaction was that the ram must be changing the fence. So I jumped back only to look and see that there was nothing there and that there was nothing even close by. I just kind of laughed at how ridiculous I must have looked at jumping from nothing and went back to work. Now on the more unsettling side, I grew up on this farm and always had an uneasy feeling about the barn. I hated having to go into it by myself to feed whatever animals were in there at the time. I would have to talk myself into going in quick and then would almost run out when I was done. The only thing that ever happened in there was that there was noises, like something big banging against the metal pens, but there was nothing back there. I didn't tell my family for fear of being mocked and told that I was just a big being silly. The only time I saw something was when I was around 15. I was sleeping in the spare room while we were renovating my bedroom. And this bedroom has a window facing the front of the house. I was home alone when I woke with start from a bad dream, only to sit up to see a white figure standing under the motion sensor light in front of the front door facing towards my window. I immediately laid back down on the bed, terrified of what I saw. I know you usually hear that white figures are good and black is bad, but this was definitely a bad white figure. I was too scared to look back out the window, so I crawled off the bed and out of the room and ran upstairs and didn't come back down until the sun was up and had to go to school. I can't explain why, but I knew it was the thing from the barn and that somehow he or she got the house. I eventually shared my fear with a fear of the barn with my mom and she said she also got a bad feeling and then we found out that almost everyone who entered the barn, believer or not, felt very uncomfortable in there. I was then told never to go by myself in there for fear of something bad happening to me since I was the only one who saw anything. We eventually moved for other reasons, and now a meditation center has a, has a temple inside the converted barn. At the new farm, I never saw anything supernatural, but I always got the feeling that someone was in our basement. My boyfriend at the time was sleeping on the couch in the basement once when he swore he heard someone walk down the stairs and over to him. He assumed it was me and rolled over to greet me, but there was no one there. He isn't a believer in the paranormal, but it scared him enough that he ran up to my room and crawled in with me, willing to face my mom's wrath for sneaking into my room. 
My niece saw the man once. We were in the basement, and she asked me who that man was. Assuming she was looking at the picture of my grandpa, I told her it was great-grandpa. She accepted it and started grabbing toys, and then looked up again and asked where the man went. I decided we should go upstairs and play after that. I don't get a bad feeling from our basement, just that there's a presence and joke often about the man in the basement. Sorry for getting so long, I kept thinking of things as I was typing, and there are still a few experiences and stories that I'll probably send later. As a side note, I saw a medium lately, and she immediately picked up on that I was sensitive to the other side, and said I probably saw lots when I was little, and I hadn't given anything away for her to pick up on that. I don't see her much anymore. I think it's because that whenever I feel something, I ask it not to show itself, because I get pretty scared. Thanks for reading my story. I want to know what happened in the barn, why the barn's haunted. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to guess um, suicide. That's my, or something, something bad happened in there that it's giving everyone an unsettling feeling. I have no idea and have no way to know this, but the first thing I thought of when I started hearing that was somebody hung themselves in there. Yeah. Cow massacre. Cow massacre. A cow massacre. My dad had a dog who hung himself in uh, their barn. Yeah. When when they were... <laughs> I know I'm not going to say any more about that story. Okay. <laughs> but he had a dog who, yeah. uh, who hung himself in, in their barn. I wonder if that dog haunts... See, that's an interesting one when you have pets. But ghost pets. Do you believe in ghost pets? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I used to not. I used to think, eh, I don't know about ghost pets. I think anything with energy can be a ghost, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. No, I think there can be ghost pets. Um, we've had a story about the the one lady, I think, that wrote in about her family had a, a dog and it died and then they got another dog just like it. Yeah. But the they, she saw the dog running around the house and it actually the live one, the, the new one, was actually still mm-hmm. in the cage. So, yeah. Can, what, what's the purpose of the ghost pet, though? I mean, why are they coming back? Why do certain pets come back and why do other ones not? I mean, with people, you can kind of go, okay, unfinished business or this or that. Did pets have unfinished business? Maybe the way they died. Maybe they were hit by a car or something like that, and they didn't just die of natural causes at an old age. So maybe it's the same sort of thing. Because there's you know people ghosts, I guess, that... Mm-hmm. They don't really know why they're haunting either. It may not necessarily have unfinished business. They just don't know they're dead. Yeah. Huh. Interesting thought. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. I wish my first cat would come back as a ghost. You Jeez. know what? I, I wish Powerball would come back. My ex-racing greyhound. Yeah. I loved that dog. It'd be awesome if you could just go to like the, the Ghost Pet Humane Society and adopt ghost pets. <laughs> ghost in a jar? Ghost in a jar. <laughs> is the phone number to call. Next letter. This one uh, starts out, I'm 18 years old, and throughout my life, I have been very interested in the paranormal and life after death. And within my life, I have heard events from my family and even experienced some strange activity for myself, so I have a couple of stories to tell, but won't put them all on one message. My grandpa and I have a strong connection with each other since we have a liking to the strange and paranormal. He mostly likes alien phenomenons and ghosts too, but one day, me, my mom, and stepdad were visiting my grandparents' house and I had managed to get the remotes turned on to one of my favorite ghost shows. My grandpa walked in and saw me and my mom watching the show and we all just started talking about ghosts. Then he began to tell me how he used to be haunted. He said it was a long time ago when it happened and he married my grandma at the time of the events there was a bathroom door in the house that you kind of have to slam shut to close it or it would open while you were in there my aunt was a teen at the time and she had her boyfriend over he had to use a bathroom and she got up and went to the bathroom with the broken door my aunt forgot to tell him he had to slam it shut for it to close while he was in there the door had slowly opened which got his attention When he looked at the door, a woman walked by, stopped, looked at him, smiled and waved at him, and continued on down the hall. Once he got back to my aunt, 
He asked who was the woman in the house. I had told him that they were the only ones in the house, so they searched the house and found no one. When my grandpa got back from work, my aunt told him that her boyfriend saw a woman in the house. He asked the boyfriend what she looked like. After hearing the description of the woman, he pulled out a photo album and turned to a page of the picture and asked, Is this her? The boy said yes, and the woman in the photo looked like the woman he saw. Then my grandpa told him that that was his last wife, who died years ago. The boy never used the bathroom there after that. Another event that happened was at the same house, and was not too long after the bathroom event. My grandpa and grandma were asleep, along with everyone else in the house. It was late at night. My grandma was awake by a loud banging and knocking around the house. He didn't know where it came from. He thought maybe someone had broken in, so he searched the house and found nothing. He went back to bed eventually and tried to fall asleep. Minutes later, the same noise was heard again, a little louder the second time. He got up again to look around and then heard the noise while he was up. led him to a window that faced his neighbors. Outside the window was a yellowish glow that could be seen at the neighbor's house. My grandpa headed outside to see what was causing it, finding that the neighbor's garage was on fire. He quickly woke the neighbors, and they put the fire out, and luckily no one was hurt. The thing is, with the house, though, it was my grandpa's house, and the neighbor's house was right next to each other. There was only half a foot space between them, and it could have set his house on fire. Whatever the noise was that woke up my grandpa saved both my family and the family living in the house from the fire. Grandpa thinks that his deceased wife had made the noise. And after that, no other paranormal incidents happened in the house. It sounds like a benevolent presence. Yeah. That's good. It's a good ghost to have. Yeah. I think if one of us dies before the other, we should haunt the other and uh, kind of be a fire alarm. Well, if you want to freak out any of the girls' boyfriends, I'm fine with that. That's a yeah. If I had died, I already said I will. I will freak out the boyfriends. Mm-hmm. If they're good people, though, I'll be nice, you know. But if anybody tries to be mean to any of the girls, I'm telling you, Amityville is on. <laughs> Gosh! <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's a threat that oh. I will keep if I'm dead. Wow. Hopefully, I'm not dead, though. I'd rather like to just be here and. I know. Just you know. What are you, uh, 855 <laughs> I have to keep going with that one. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. To share real ghost story with us. Diana writes in, Hi, Tony. Hi, Jan. Live show. I've been listening to your YouTube episodes, and I thought I might share some creepy stuff with you that I've experienced. Okay. We would love to hear some of those experiences. Let's get some other creepy music going. There we go. In 1989, my family started building a row house on a piece of land, which was previously an undeveloped swampy field just outside of town. What's a row house? I'm not real sure. I've heard of it, but I'm not real sure. We'll continue on and maybe figure this out. One year later, my parents, my younger sister, then 10 years old, and I, then 13 years old, moved in. I liked the house, but somehow, especially in the months after we started living there, me and my sister often had a a weird feeling when we were alone in the house. My parents never said anything about such feelings, and my sister and I kept it pretty much between us. Now and then, we'd hear strange sounds, like someone walking in the rooms above or below us, footsteps on the stairs, or someone clanking and rattling on the handrails when there was no one else in the house. I'll never forget this one, especially frightening event. I was downstairs in the living room watching TV when I started hearing these clanking sounds followed by the rumbling sounds of footsteps. It sounded as if someone was running up or down the stairs. No one else other than me was in the house. I turned down the TV volume and sat there listening, my eyes glued to the door which led to the hall with the staircase. The door was not completely closed, but there was still a slit through which I could see the stairs leading up. Then, silence fell. No clanking, no footsteps, nothing. My ears started to hear something. And that's when I heard the breathing. I was so scared that I felt like I'd been paralyzed. It couldn't be real. That's when I told myself and listened even harder. But it was there. Just outside in the hall, someone or something was breathing heavily. Somehow I found a way to move 
I ran to the doors leading into the garden and escaped. It took me quite a while to find the courage to go back inside, but when I finally returned, everything had somehow gone back to normal again. Those rumbling noises never really ceased. From time to time, I heard those noises, but somehow, as if they were further away, somehow I never came, that's why I never became frightened like that again. Well, greetings from Germany, and keep up the great work, Diana. Thank you, Diana. Okay, a row house is like you see in the metropolitan areas where the houses all share one wall and they adjoin each other. Oh, yes. So here in the land of Oz, we don't really have that because we have nothing but mm-hmm. vast expanses of empty land. Sure. Well, yeah, my uh, my aunt lived in one of those in Chicago for a while. Okay. Like that creepy old, like, you know, war era house, you know, that was built probably, you know, for all the factories and everything. In that sure. Time. I bet that place had ghosts. Probably. It was it was a uh, it was it was creepy. It was it was cool though. Um all right. 855-853-4802 855-853-4802. Phone number to call in with your real ghost story. Kyle writing in, my maternal grandparents owned a farm and there was a presence in the house that my grandmother referred to as Hazel. You could always sense her in the house. The various pets would always react, and sometimes you could catch her a glimpse of her. I can distinctly remember seeing an old-fashioned, full-length apron out of the corner of my eye. My grandfather built an addition on the house, and it seemed that the presence would not enter the new area of the house. Anyway, there are two distinct instances that I would like to relate. My grandparents sold the farm to an aunt and uncle, who at the time attended a lot of the horse shows on weekends and would house it for them on a regular basis. One time, my best friend spent the night with me, and we slept in separate bedrooms upstairs. The next morning, my friend came downstairs and asked if I came into the room, and he was in during the night, and I replied that I had not entered the room. He was in, and he was insistent that I had. I finally asked him what had happened, and he stated that he felt someone sit on the edge of his bed and he raised up and could see a depression on the mattress, just like a person would make sitting on the edge of a bed. At that point, I told him about Hazel, and my friend never spent another night in that house again. Another story related to a time my uncle thought someone might be stealing diesel fuel at night. My aunt and uncle both worked second shift at the time, and once again, I was house-sitting for them, and since my parents lived next door, I would walk to the farm instead of driving a vehicle, so there were usually no vehicles parked outside. When I had gone upstairs to go to bed, I said aloud, Hazel, watch over the house, and if anyone shows up that shouldn't be here, let me know. And I quickly fell asleep. Later, I was awakened by the bedroom door slamming shut. Got up and opened the door, which, when I had gone to bed, I left it unlatched since the door was difficult to shut where it would latch. Yet it was... uh, Yet when I opened it, it was latched. So at that point, I knew the door slamming shut had not been a dream. I listened at the top of the stairs and could hear no noises or movement in the house, so I proceeded to the other upstairs bedroom that faced the road, and I saw a white van with its parking lights on creeping up the driveway. I quickly started to turn lights on in the house, which prompted the van to stop, back out the driveway, and leave. I never doubted the existence of Hazel again. Sadly, my aunt and uncle built a new house in 1994, and the old farmhouse that I loved so much was torn down by late 1995. As a side note, my grandmother told me when they bought the farm in 1950 from a Mr. and Mrs. Jenkins, who were an elderly couple that just could not maintain the farm anymore, Mrs. Jenkins just cried and cried because she did not want to leave that farm. And since Hazel seemed to appear years after my grandparents bought the farm, I have often wondered if Mrs. Jenkins had returned to the farm she loved after she had passed from her earthly body. Okay, so after the farm's gone, where do you think Hazel went? I was just going to ask that. What happens then? I don't know. I think that's so sad that if you love that place so much in life that you go back to it, you know, as a ghost, and then it's gone, mm-hmm. where do you go? I mean, do you are you not a ghost anymore, or do you... I don't know. And I also wonder about with... You know, when you're, you're driving, a lot of times out in the country, you'll see, like, dilapidated farmhouses and such. Uh-huh. Are they... Did they just fall into disrepair because people, 
you know that's that's interesting to me why are they why were they not torn down why were they not sold to someone at some point why do they just fall into utter disrepair I don't know I noticed you see that kind of thing a lot more around here whereas where you're from all the farmhouses they look like they're kept up really nice oh there's there's plenty yeah that are, are empty like that, that I know creepy. but it seems like there's a lot more where people are you know buying them putting sure. siding on them and stuff. like redoing yeah. yeah yeah I see what you're saying but yeah. here we just kind of let them fall apart yeah but they're not a working farm anymore there's a couple that i can think of in the in the general area that are not necessarily like you know completely dilapidated but i don't know 20 years vacant or so and they just sit there and someone has got to own this property i mean don't they i mean why would someone not have i don't know it it makes me wonder if sometimes people there's some other story to these homes and the they don't resell it they don't i mean i don't know it's interesting i don't know there's one that's outside of my hometown and it was when i was in high school and up to a few years ago it was a hot place for people to go have parties because Mm -hmm. it sat far back off the road um the uh the turnpike or the major highway went kind of behind the property so there really wasn't a way for kids to be seen back there but it had sat empty for like 20 years and the story was they could never find anybody to contact you know mm-hmm. of anybody that was related to the couple that had, had the the place i don't know what happened to them mm-hmm. and now there's just a big sign that says no trespassing no trespassing by order of the sheriff yeah but it's still just an empty eyesore out there it's like what what do you do with that i don't know there's the talk of the abandoned houses also makes me think of the uh, mansion in in my hometown in Fond du Lac that's close to my parents' house. I love that house. That creepy haunted looking house. I mean, it is the epitome of a haunted house yeah. when you look at it. And when I was a kid, it was vacant. Um, to this day, it is vacant. Um, and it has fallen into horrible, I mean, for the most part, very bad disrepair. There, a lot of windows are broken in it now. For some reason, the owner still goes and mows the lawn there. Um, but I, I would be questionable as to if you could even walk in the floorboards on that house anymore. Isn't there a history of things happening, though, at that property? Not paranormal is a history of people trying to break into the house. Okay, see, I, I thought there was a history of paranormal. and I was No, thinking, I wish. Okay. Because I was thinking if there was a history of paranormal, maybe that's the reason. That's what I'm wondering. I mean, I almost wonder if there's something else about that house. Um, I believe it was built by a Civil War veteran. This is kind of just, you know, secondhand of, you know, story. Someone said this to this person. Um, It was, the story is it was built by a Civil War veteran. um, And I guess very briefly, if not at all, lived in. Mm or it might have been built, wife died, he lived in a very short time, died too. And then the house, I believe, just continued to get passed down, and no one lived in it very much. So, I don't know. i, I got to find a picture of that house, I'll put it up on the website. But it is one of the creepiest houses ever, and they have motion sensors there. So, if... This is what's so weird about the house. Okay, here's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like to me they know there is something going on with that house. They it, don't know yeah. what to do with it, yeah. but they want to protect other people from getting harmed by that house. Yeah, that's really is what it sounds like. They mow the lawn to keep it up. The house is falling apart. I mean, I remember like the back, it had like a nice big sunroom in back, and I remember seeing that collapse when I was a kid. Mm. This the roof on it. Um, I think that did get sealed back up, though. So they're trying to at least not get too many animals in there. I'm sure there's plenty of raccoons that call it home. But it it just stands. And the lawn gets mowed. And the the motion sensors are there to, to alert the police if somebody's trying to break into it. And you, you see it in the paper every now and then. Like so-and-so got arrested for trying to break into this house. Um, Does your hometown have a city historian? Do you have any I idea? imagine so. I would love to find out 
the history on that house. I'd love to go in that house. Uh-uh. No, you're not going in that house, but we'll find out all about it, all you could ever want. But My you're not. cousin's a cop. I wonder if he could... Uh, I'm going to make sure your cop cousin keeps your butt out of that house. I go, hey, can, uh, can we go check this thing out? And uh, Nope. <laughs> not happening. Something will come home with you. I don't know. Yep, I do. <laughs> I just want to take some pictures. I can, I, can I look in the windows? Can I look in the windows of the house if I could get close enough and take pictures that way? I hope the alarm goes off and your cop cousin comes and hauls you away from the house. <laughs> See, I think that's where you kind of get the uh, you know the get out of jail free card of you know that's. It's not Monopoly. It's a haunted house. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Monopoly. It's a haunted house. That's the line of the evening. There you go. There you go. All right. 855-853-4802. If you have a real ghost story, feel free to call in and uh, we'll uh, have you on a future episode or write into us at realghoststoriesonline.com. Share the show. Please give us some stars, some reviews on iTunes or Stitcher or YouTube, wherever it may be. That helps us get more ghost stories every single week to give to you here at Real Ghost Stories Online. So... For Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thank you for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.